I am Marie Shadows, your host, and you are listening to the Squared Circle Podcast, the best podcast you ever heard. Welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, joined by Jill. Unfortunately, Epic won't be with us. He's currently streaming some Dead by Daylight. Um, well, it'll just be me and Jill uh, giving you guys our opinions on professional wrestling. Uh, here is a few updates for you guys to know. Um, Square Circle Podcast is now on castbox.fm. Uh, all six episodes, and this episode will be on there as well. You guys can listen to everything that we have to say. Um, and we updated our anchor profile, so catch us on Spotify, catch us on Apple Podcasts and other uh, streaming podcast platforms. Uh, we are currently on DLive. DLive is a cryptocurrency uh, streaming platform that allows you to stream whatever you want and whatever you wish. Um, we just have an overall great community here, um, and stuff like that. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Um, the first thing I do want to do is, uh, give, uh, my condolences to Matt, Tra- Matt, Travis, I was going to say Travis, but it's Travis. I can't believe I messed that up. Um, to give our condolences to Matt Travis for, um, the horrific car crash that he was in not too long ago over the weekend. Uh, he was a former member of uh, House of Glory and places like BWF, like around the New York independent wrestling scene. Um, my only fond memory of him was uh, when I got to sit next to him. Uh, and I really didn't say anything, but uh, he had a lot of uh, hope in his eyes. Uh you know, he always wanted to get better as a wrestler, even uh, just overhearing his talks with his uh, tag partner, which I wasn't sure who it was at the time, but uh, that's my memory of him just being right next to him. Uh, so it's kind of sad that we lost another wrestler in our community. As tragic, and our thoughts and prayers are with his family and that new woman within the wrestling community. Yep. Um Okay, uh, I was going to tweet this out that I was live, just got hit with a bunch of notifications and stuff like that. Um, So our next topic is that we're going to be covering WWE. Um, I have said this before on Twitter, and I've said it sometimes on the podcast that I had. I really stopped watching WWE. All of my information comes from Twitter and whatever WWE posts up in little tiny clips and stuff like that. So that way you could probably watch it. Um, I did want to go right into Survivor Series, um, if that's fine with you, Gio. It's fine. All right. So um, let me just type this out. Uh, this is going to be like a very impromptu, weird podcast thing. But, you know, I have to do social media and all that. Uh, gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah. So you've been you've been obviously keeping up with uh, all things like WWE, right? I have. So you're going to have to educate me on, like, certain storylines. Because I've written down the WWE Survivor Series match card. Um, and so... We're just going to go down it. So the same way that we did the AEW full gear to give, like, your prediction and whatnot, I guess we're going to do that. It's going to be me and you. 
So the first one is the Universal Championship match, which is The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. You're going to have to give me some backstory on that. So this happened, I would say, last week. Sami Zayn has been trying to recruit Daniel Bryan. Huh? I didn't say anything. Go ahead. I'm listening to you. Sami Zayn has been trying to recruit Daniel Bryan to join him and Shinsuke Nakamura. And I would say Daniel Bryan didn't give a yes or a no. The two weeks ago, mm-hmm. during the backstage segment, um, while they were talking, the lights flicker and the fiend attacks Daniel Bryan while Sami Zayn just runs off, not helping Daniel Bryan. Fast forward to this week, they have another segment where Sami Zayn needed an answer as far as whether he wants to join him. He tried to persuade Daniel, like, Shinsuke wants you in, Cesaro wants you in, I can help stick with us. And then Daniel Bryan said, where were you when I got attacked by the Fiend and why didn't you help? And then Sami's response was, I had to get Shin. And then Daniel Bryan told him that, I'm not going to join your group, but I know someone who can fit the bill, Braun Strowman. But what Sammy didn't know was that Braun Strowman was behind him while he was talking trash. There was a segment on the Miz TV with Daniel Bryan asking him, who is Daniel Bryan? Are you the Daniel Bryan who was the leader of the Yes Movement? Are you the new Daniel Bryan who's environmental science? who Mm -hmm. cares about the world. Daniel Bryan told him that Miss TV sucks. Mm -hmm. And that what was interesting about that promo was Daniel Bryan said, you don't, you don't understand what it means to be passion. These people don't understand what it means to be the passion and the drive. And maybe he might be washed up and maybe he might be, I believe he used the term something with mental being, I guess, unstable and unpredictable. And that's, and the only person that understands that would be the fiend with Bray Wyatt, because we don't know if it's the fiend. We don't know if he's Bray Wyatt. And then uh, Fire Funhouse appears. And then Daniel, the fiend, well, Bray Wyatt was talking Uh to Daniel Bryan, trying to get him to like, I want to fight. But, you know, Daniel, the Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, um, every time he, every time the fiend attacks someone, it's always someone that's done Bray wrong in his past. Yeah, I noticed that, especially on Twitter. Um, he's been putting up a lot of pictures from the past. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I said, I, I noticed that, um, that he's been putting up a lot of pictures from the past on Twitter to like, huh? No, I said, yes, he has. Oh, to kind of like rekindle certain storylines. And I like that because sometimes I like storylines that kind of go roundabout. Like, you know, you plant the seeds, you know, three months ago and then all of a sudden this is why we're here type of thing. Yeah. So that was interesting. Uh-huh. And he was he was trying to like, and then Daniel Bryan was saying, if we're going to fight, it has to be for the WWE championship. He's like, Bray was like, okay. We can play, but you just have to say. 
and Daniel Bryan. Wait, um, I think you cut out when you said that. Uh, what does he have to say? Bryan, Bray wanted Daniel Bryan to say that one word. Oh. Daniel Bryan got on the mic and said no. And then everyone from the funhouse was saying yes. Oh. And he kept saying no. Okay. And then he was and then he was like a back and forth. And then Bray Wyatt said yes. But in a strange, creepy, twisted yes, it was sort of like he was mocking Daniel Bryan from 2000 and I believe three when they were like in a feud because he was doing the yes chant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was more like a that. And that is where we have uh, the rivalry set for Survivor Series. Oh, okay. Uh, do you think that that whole buildup um, was smooth? Um, meaning that like, you know, it should have happened or should we had replaced Daniel Bryan with somebody else? Um, When you think about it, I like that it was a. I think the buildup was smooth, but right now, who could you put the fiend against? That's like ready, or at least is higher up to like. All right, these are what the fan. Hello. Yes. Can you oh. hear me? Yeah, you sort of. Uh, you were saying the last thing I heard you say was, "Uh, these are what the fans." Who would you have someone, who would you put against the fiend that the fans would want to see at right now on the SmackDown roster? At the moment, I would say Daniel Bryan would be a g- good choice considering that the fiend attacked Daniel Bryan because of their past history. Mm. That's true. Um if I had to give you an answer, I'm not sure because, um, you know, one of, one of the many of WWE's problem is that they created this character. They had Bray create the, the fiend and, you know, I love it. I understand what, what it's from. Um, I really enjoy the fact that they made something original, you know, with the help of like creative and stuff like that. But, at the same time, you introduce the world to this fiend character, this entity that you don't know nothing about, but you don't build another person to go against the fiend. So this is like storytelling and story writing, like one-on-one. Always make sure that your villain has either a hero or maybe have an antagonist, because sometimes the, the antagonist can turn around and end up being the hero towards the end of the story. But you need someone to like be almost on the same level as the fiend so that way we could get a good story and it'll be a deep story and it'll be like well you know this is why we did this story and this is the only person that that could combat the fiend um if i had to tell you right right on top of my head i'm not sure because every other person in um wwe is a regular human you know if that makes sense um it does okay Daniel Bryan is a regular human. Um, you know, at one point in his career, I was, you know, a huge fan of his. Now I'm just like, eh, it's, it's Daniel Bryan. You know, he has the uh, WWE stamp on him. You know, I enjoyed him more as an indie performer because you saw that passion that he has. He still has the same passion. I bet he does, but it's more toned down 
now than it was when he was striving to like be the best on the indies and that's what i really really enjoyed about him like i loved the fact that he can go very technical and i'm a huge fan of like technical wrestling um because there's a story behind technical wrestling but at the moment daniel bryan is human you have the fiend if you want to play into it he's an entity and i don't see where this is going but then again i will say it again I haven't watched the product. Um, I will probably end up watching Survivor Series this Sunday, November 24th. Um, now, who do you pick to win this match, Gio? I am going to have to go with The Fiend because he just won the championship. And I think that it would be way too soon to take the championship off of him. But if I had to pick a replacement, since oh, okay. we talked about it, um, I would go with Kane because he is a supernatural being. And The Fiend did attack Kane. So my hope is that we will see a Kane versus Fiend uh, collision down the line, hopefully, if the mayor's not too busy. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um but yeah, that totally makes sense. And um, I hope that the viewers that are listening can understand like why storytelling and why creative writers are very important in professional wrestling. Sure, you know, Twitter blew up about like, you know, wrestling is not taken as a serious sport. You know, wrestling is this, wrestling is that, just bad mouthing wrestling. But you always need somebody to tell a good story. And it's a combination of like three different parties. And that's, you know, your wrestlers, which should be two. And then your writer who should listen to them and try to work with their ideas. And they should work with your ideas to make a beautiful story. Um, that's totally, uh, you know, uh, cool that Gio had brought up Kane because Kane is an entity. He could probably still go, um, you know, to fight Bray Wyatt just to have a nice storytelling aspect to it um because right now there's no really other person in wwe that has like a entity type feel a superhero type feel um i do know that on twitter like guys like ricochet and um mustafa ali will put, sort of take to the internet and be like you know they're sort of superheroes and i applaud them yeah. for that but um kane will be the only one that i would agree with you at the moment um, if anyone out there disagrees with uh, our pick, just leave us a comment. That's all we ask for. Um, That's all you got to do. If you disagree with us, let us know. If you think there would be someone else who can challenge The Fiend, you can. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I was also going to say that I will be picking The Fiend as well to win the Key the Championship, uh, not only because... Uh, he recently just became champion. Um, I don't know what they would do if Daniel Bryan was champion. I really don't. I don't. I don't know what else they could do with him. Uh, neutral. You say? I think he's neutral. Uh, Daniel Bryan. I think he's neutral right now because he's not really doing the yes movement. He's not really talking about the environment. He's just. He's just somewhere. Where yeah, he is he's somewhere. trying to find, he's trying to find who he is. If he's not the leader of the Yes movement, if he's not calling himself the new Daniel Bryan, he's, I don't know, 
redemption, Daniel Bryan. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But if he's and being, I think I'll go ahead. Think if uh, they're trying to get the fiend to be um, booed because he's been getting cheered every time he attacks someone. So I think that's why they have Daniel Bryan in the mix oh with him. God. This is just me. But, like, you know, I, I can understand that, and I can totally see WWE trying to do that, only because, like, you know, essentially, you should be afraid of The Fiend. It's like when Mankind debuted, and you didn't know who Mankind was, and he was this guy in the corner ripping out his hair, saying some crazy shit, and you're like, oh, my God, I don't want nothing to do with Mankind. Like, let me get out of here. The Fiend should have that same type of, feeling when you see him but because there's the firefly funhouse and the split personality you're able to like both guys and it sort of like canceled each other out to where the fans love him because it's something unique and awesome uh to try to get the fans to boo the fiend i don't really think that's gonna happen especially if you put him against uh, daniel bryan because daniel bryan is supposed to be like I was going to say the love child, but that's not the phrase I want, but he's very lovable. And that's what WWE wants to like market on and capitalize on is the fact that um, because he's lovable, because of that, he's marketable. So tell the fiend to attack him. Uh, Logically, you should get booze, but no, that's not happening. Um, But yeah. Uh, I really don't see Daniel Bryan taking home the championship at Survivor Series at all because I don't really know what they're going to do with him. Um, I know nothing of what he's been doing. He he probably just might be filming Total Divas, and if that's what he's happy about, then yeah, he could do that. Total Bellas, I think he might. Oh, be sorry, on Total, Total Bellas. Bellas. Uh, Total Bellas. See, I don't watch that either. And maybe we should do another podcast explaining why I don't watch. Total Divas slash Total Bellas, but I do love the Being the Elite series and like Sammy Guevara's uh, vlogs. And yeah, you know, maybe one day we should. Um, Only because other people can know why I like those things better than what WWE produced. Um, But that's for like another time. Um, Future podcast, future podcast. Yeah. Uh, So the next... Uh, championship match is the WWE championship match. Uh, it's Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, I can understand that this has an underdog type of feel. Um, mm. and I think the only reason why Rey is in here is because of his, because wait, who did he bring in? He brought in King Velasquez, right? Yes. And, and King, King Velasquez was defeated. Yeah, I did not. I didn't watch that match from Saudi Arabia. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just didn't. I was like, it's it's, it's cringy. Um, so uh, enlighten me on why we're having Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. Okay, if we fast forward to what happened about maybe a month ago, uh-huh. Brock Lesnar uh, arrived on Raw. He was the new, I believe, I think this was before he was the WWE Championship, and he was on Raw, and he pretty much attacked Rey Mysterio's son in the crowd, who was attending, watching as, like, a fan. Really? And he attacked his son. How yes, come, Dominic. How come he I'm not saying Twitter didn't tell me this? 
I feel oh, betrayed yeah. by wrestling Twitter. <laughs> oh man, you got you got to watch how um, he attacks um, Dominic. Dominic, he could take some bumps. Oh, okay, but boy, did he he went to Suplex City, and oh, then God. Ray tried. Yes, he, but you know, and then Ray tried to help um, his son, but that didn't work. And then Brock wasn't done, so he kept going. And then Ray just took a beating. They both took a beating, which explains why Ray's arm was in the sling. Yeah, yeah, and I then saw that. Brock Lesnar won the WWE Championship from Kofi Kingston, which was a very sad match to yeah, see Kofi. Uh, yeah, that, that shit was stupid. I'm saying it right now. That was stupid. Everyone knows that was stupid. That was a bad call. You should have, like, I I tweeted it out that um, it's unfair that Seth Rollins gets to have, like, a good footing. Um, he gets to have a good, like, couple minutes in the ring with Brock Lesnar in order for him to, like, lose the belt at that time. And then Kofi gets, what, five fucking seconds? How does how does that make sense? Kofi worked his whole entire career to get beaten in a matter of seconds. And it's like, that's how you treat your champion? Like, no. Like, you should have let him fought, you know, take out the legs or whatever, and then realize, oh, shit, you know, I maybe today is not my day, and this is why I couldn't best Brock Lesnar, you know? It's, it's but, like, go ahead. you know, it's like Brock Lesnar. Okay, you're fighting Brock? F5, you're done. But when you're the WWE champion representing SmackDown and you premiere at a new show, how does it... How does it look that you're the former champion, but you didn't really have your best match? And he probably could have had his best match had it been done that way. But long story short, uh-huh. Ray Ray comes out with King Velasquez. As Paul Heyman said, um, the ghost from Brock Lesnar's past from yeah. his UFC days. And he's pretty much avenging what happened to Ray and Dominic, which I believe is like his godfather in that angle. And that is why King Velasquez was interjected into that feud, which they could have done without the championship. You you didn't need the championship, but okay. But Paul Heyman explained it too. Paul Heyman explained why uh, King Velasquez got the opportunity to fight Brock this week because Brock requested that. So yeah, that's why. Mm. That whole mess. Oh my god! Oh, that matches. Yeah. That matches also a no holes bars. Yeah, for um, I read that, and uh, I had wanted to bring up uh, Bubba Ray's uh, tweet. Um, he was saying that, like, uh, I'm gonna paraphrase it, but like, you know, the phrase "no hold, no hold barred," right? When he put it in like quotation marks, I was able to see it, and he was saying that it's so outdated that, like. You know, we should just stop using that and just be like no DQ. Uh, only because it's like uh, no move is really barred. You could do whatever move you want. Because like if we really think about the phrase no hold barred, that means like you know. Um, actually, no. I think I'm. I think I'm saying this all wrong. And before I get heat on me, I'm just going to say that, like, he brought up an interesting thing for me to think about. And I have to go back on Twitter and find his freaking tweet. But I really do think that they probably should have just said no DQ. Um, I think. Makes sense. You can't get disqualified if you use weapons. Anything goes. Yeah. Type of thing. 
Um, I really do think that uh, we should eventually just go to no DQ and just sort of phase out no holds barred um, in a way. But we'll talk about that like on another podcast to break certain things down because I like I like doing that kind of stuff. Um, so who do you see going over? Do you see Lesnar keeping the championship or Rey Mysterio uh, winning it? Mm, the underdog story of Rey Mysterio. Oh, yeah, that's such a long history. Uh, yes. Uh, could Rey shock the world? It's a possibility. Um, I'm going to have to go with Brock Lesnar, but before I go to Brock Lesnar, I want to hope that Rey Mysterio has a fighting chance to at least get the hits or something. So would you rather be neutral with me? Because like me and you've been watching WWE for so long that we kind of know the formula already. We know that like Lesnar just got the belt. Lesnar's not going to give it up. Um, I don't, honestly, I don't see Ray, Ray winning it, but I do kind of want Ray to win it. But in my WWE heart, I know that they're going to be like, Brock is going to win and I'm going to get let down. So I'm going to pick neutral. Do you think that'd be a good fit if you want to pick neutral or no? I'm neutral for the whole Brock Lesnar right thing. All right, cool. Um, just so that way, like, you know, it can, it can be fair because WWE tends to do this a lot where like, you know, they have the underdog in a match and you build up the underdog. Everybody knows like Rey Mysterio's story. So, um, you know, you sort of like want him to win, but then WWE sort of like fucks everybody over and they're like, no, we're not going to have him win. So that's the only reason why I would say that it'd be the best idea to go neutral just to see how it plays out. I'm neutral. Yeah. Um, just so you know, I'm neutral too, fans out there. If you guys didn't hear my pick. Um, so the next match mm-hmm. on the Survivor Series uh, card is the uh, women's match. It's the champion versus champion versus champion match. Which is um, Becky Lynch. The rest of the chickens that you made last night. But you have two chicken cutlets. I'll have that tomorrow. The chicken cutlets? Some of it. There's only two. Have it, have it. No, no. Hello? Yes. Yeah, I sort of... I'm here. I know, I muted you towards the end because your your buddy was on stream, just so you know. (laughs) Um, Sorry. It's cool. So the next one is the Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus uh, Shayna. Um, there's no stipulation in this match that says that if one female pins the other female, they're going to get, they're going to like switch titles, right? No, no championships are on the line. Just who's the better brand. I think that's stupid. (laughs) I don't make the matches. I'm just viewing as a friend. I mean, can you imagine the chaos if a championship lost and then it'd be flip flop? Yeah, but like imagine the someone. imagine the stories that they'll be able to tell to be like, well, look, um, if Bailey was able to pin Shayna, she gets to finally dethrone Shayna and become NXT champion. And what would that be? That'd be her second NXT championship. One, if that was the case, and then she's still a SmackDown champion, 
And she could be like, well, you know, now she's Bailey two belts from two different brands and, you know, she's better than everyone else. It will, it will create a nice story and a nice arrogance that sometimes the women probably need to have and stuff like oh, that. She, oh yeah. Evil Bailey slash dark Bailey. She, she has the arrogance. She has like the ego. She just doesn't care. No more heels. Yeah. No more hugs. I like it. This um, was her career shift that she needed. I just wish she could stop looking like a soccer mom. I, I wow. I, yeah, like that's it, the first time, dude. I heard. In certain like angles and like the clothes that she wears and the makeup that they put on her, I'm just like you're making her look older than what she is. I understand that like she's supposed to be miserable because for um, years she was doing the whole you know hug life thing and was so happy and was a huge baby face, but don't. Don't make her look like she's a mom already when she's not. <laughs> like she's like she what she clearly is not a mom. She's clearly not a mom. Yeah, but like the makeup and the clothes make her look like you know she's a mom. And I'm just like, yeah. oh my god, could like could someone just stop? Um, I did notice that on Raw, uh, they were doing, I guess they were doing like this uh, four horsewoman thing back and forth, um, where like. Uh, security came in and security told Becky and Charlotte to back away and stuff like that. So Charlotte leaves. Um, and then <clears throat> Becky stays and gets up into one guy's face and like punches him. And I'm like, why did she need to punch him? You know, she doesn't always have to be a last kicker. She doesn't have to always be a fiery woman. Like, how does that get your point across? And stuff like that. I understand that they sh- that she couldn't fight the other women, but why? It makes no sense. I'm just like, oh my god, there's certain things that they need to change about Becky Lynch's character, and you know, maybe one day I can hang out with her and be like, okay, maybe you're not like, you know, all that fiery. Know, if you get to know her, then I think your perspective might be a little different. But yeah, from from that angle. I mean, if you think about it, if you go with it, the man, a guard was blocking the man from getting two, um, well, three, actually four, no, three of the MMA four horsewomen. Yeah, because there's only three of them now until Ronda shows up. Which I think could be soon. Oh. This is my own thing. Uh, I think she didn't like that. Um, she decked the security guard. Yeah. Um, I know that your favorite is Becky Lynch and Bailey. Um, huh? I was saying that I know that your favorite is uh Becky Lynch and Bailey. Um, and that you also <laughs> like uh Shayna as well. Um, I really think that despite the fact that I'm not a huge Becky Lynch fan, um. The way that they did this uh, story, the buildup was, uh, you know, pretty decent. It was cool. Um, It gets eyes on the woman, which, you know, uh, that's always a good thing. That's always a plus. Um, And these are the three, like, best women to, like, fight. Becky, uh, sometimes I'm not too sold on what she does. uh, But altogether, it is um, good all around and stuff. Um, who do you see as winning uh, this champion versus champion versus champion match? Evil Bailey. Evil Bailey. 
Yes, I'm going with Evil Bailey because she has been overlooked and she's tired of being overlooked. And I think she will do anything to win and that will help her and the SmackDown brand. I don't know who will be taking loss, but if I had to pick somebody, I got to go with um, Evil Becky. I mean, Evil Bailey. Well, wait, she, but, but Evil Bailey is your pick to win. So you think that I, she will get end up losing? No, no, I made okay. a mistake. Yeah, I That's was like... That's why I Evil. Yeah, I caught myself. I was like, wait, no. Yeah, that didn't make Bailey. sense. Yeah, so I'm wait going with Bailey. You're going with Bailey yes. to win, right? All right, so then yes. here, here's my next question. Uh, does does Bailey, uh, who does Bailey pin? Does she, do you think that she'll pin Shayna or she'll pin Becky Lynch? I'll say she probably will pin Becky. Oh, that's, that'd be interesting. No. I could see that happening. I could see pin, that. Uh, go ahead. No, I would say, I say, I could see that happening because, um, you know, I think those two would be so focused on each other. But if, if they're going to end up being so focused on each other, uh, Shayna could come right in and um, do a submission on somebody while the other person's out. You know, that, that's a, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's always true. You don't yeah. uh, can't count her out, and then you don't know if well, she has a busy night because she's going to be in war games. Yeah, um, which yeah. By the way, um, the the website that I got the match card off didn't even put the war game stain on. Um, so my pick, I'm going to stay neutral, only because mm-hmm. I think that this is a powerful story, despite uh, Becky Lynch saying that she doesn't care about brand supremacy and stuff like that you know she just cares about if you have a problem with her you know you step right up you you know come to her face and like you fight it out um but i think it's a powerful story that they're doing and that's a that's a plus for wwe um they're actually putting more a little chunks of their women's division they just need more of that because they have so many talent they do um they just don't use them and you know we could argue about this forever on um, Twitter and stuff like that. And people have already done it. The only reason why, like, you know, WWE doesn't necessarily utilize everybody is because they have to worry about TV time and what gets what, and this gets that. But like mainly WWE is like a lot of backstage segments, a lot of, um, you know, interviews and stuff like that. And sometimes not enough wrestling, not enough uh, performance time in the ring um and i think once they start changing that up they'll see they'll see a difference even if like wrestling twitter still fucking complains um they're gonna complain regardless yeah they are that's what, that's what they do they um, do it's their thing so the first um team match at survivor series because survivor series is known for team versus team um uh, yes so what i have here is that i don't have the the nxt team because i don't think it was announced or was it we're talking about the uh captain's teams yeah because like team raw has you know rollins mcintyre uh owens ricochet and randy orton and then smackdown has roman reigns ali braun king corbin and we're gonna call him gable i am not yes. gonna yes. like Thank you. Uh, I'm not Thank gonna, you. I, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But um, His name is Chad Gable. Chad Gable to us. Chad Gable, guys. Chad Gable. Even though, Chad I, know, Gable. Even though I know that he's loving uh, the he went, fact. 
that he um you know loves a new name it's uh chad gable gable always chad ready willing and gable american alpha no they did not announce the nxt teams um all right cool so uh since we don't know the NXT teams, um, I guess this would be totally okay. I guess we'll find out, you know, during uh, Survivor Series. Um, anyway, uh, so I am going to say, for the record, that that Randy Orton um, is going to screw over Team Raw. Because no one could trust Randy Orton. Randy Orton should never be on the team. We know this many times for Survivor Series. And it's the same formula over and over and over and over again. As for Team SmackDown, I'm calling it now. King Corbin is going to be betraying Team SmackDown. We might have a victory with Team NXT because even though there's a lot of different, like, animosities between, like, the NXT uh, wrestlers... um, Uh, you know, uh, I don't see any of them betraying each other. Oh, no, because they're all working for that common goal to tell them, hey, we're we're main roster level two, guys. Yeah, um, lately that's been a very, very good story where, you know, uh, you have Adam Cole there and stuff like that uh, coming in and just challenging people and, uh, you know, having good wrestling matches. And Adam Cole is so believable in the fact that he believes in NXT. He believes in that he's a good champion and that he can take care of everyone else and stuff like that. He's Adam Cole. Baby. And that's undisputed, baby, and he's and that's undisputed. And by the way, I just want to play Halo with Adam Cole. It's just so hard <laughs> for him just to notice me on Twitter. I will probably cut this out and just put it on Twitter, um, and be like, Adam Cole, I want to play you in Halo. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to no. do. As, as they say, shoot for the stars. So shoot for the stars, Maria. Shoot for the stars. Thank you, Gio. Um, so my pick, uh, to win would be team NXT. Your pick would be team raw team SmackDown or team NXT. Uh, let's see. This is such a fun dynamics. It is. Uh, you can't trust a Viper. (laughs) No, you can't. Can never trust Randy Orton, even though when I call anyone, I don't think I'm allowed to call. Can I, can I curse or no? Dude, you can do whatever you want. Okay, I don't trust that damn viper. So damn, you should even either. a curse. What the hell? To some people, to some people. But oh my god! The point of the matter is, you can't trust that damn viper. Okay. I don't know if I can trust anyone on SmackDown. Well, maybe maybe Roman Reigns and his group, not King Corbin. No. Uh, I'm gonna go with NXT because we don't know who's gonna be on their team. So okay. I like the element of surprise. Yeah. So I'm with NXT. Um, if you know those uh stupid questions of like, you know, if you were stuck on the island, like, you know, who would you want to be on the island with you and stuff like that? Um yeah. not right now. Oh my I swear, people are gonna be like the Square Circle Podcast is the most bipolar podcast in all of professional wrestling um, and stuff like that. Just, did you just take my slipper? 
I want to cut that out too. Oh my god, I don't even know, man. That that should be like this should be a blooper. Like I can't have a normal podcast with people. <laughs> god, I was given blueberries. My slipper flew somewhere else. Oh my god. Anyway, um, like I was saying, um, you know those stupid questions where they're like, uh, "Who would you pick to be with you on an island if you like if you were alone on an island?" Um, yeah. I would definitely want um, Mustafa Ali to have my back because that guy is cool and we share the same birthdays. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, we share the same birthday, which is awesome. So, you know, I will pick him off of the SmackDown team. If I was ever stranded on an island, I'll pick him to, like, just be my guardian or whatever, you know, so I don't be alone. Well, that's cool. Who would you pick out of, like, Team Raw and Team SmackDown? Uh, if I had to pick somebody, I would pick uh, Drew McIntyre. That's because he's big and tall and uh, scary, right? Yes, he is big, <laughs> tall, and scary. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think nobody's going to really bother me. More importantly, no one's going to really bother him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. I'll be like on the lookout. Like, I see um, I see food. Let's go get it. All right, cool. <laughs> you're gonna have you're gonna have him kill it, right? Yeah, yeah. You're I, gonna have I'm gonna have him kill it. <laughs> I'm gonna have him kill it, and I'll start the fire. I'll start the fire. All right. So like, um, the next match, uh, which uh is the it's another champions versus champion versus champions match. It's uh AJ Styles versus Shinsuke versus Roderick Strong. Now remind me. Roderick Strong has is still North American champion? Yes, Roderick Strong is still the North American champion. Shinsuke is what? The Intercontinental Champion. Oh, really? Wow, okay. Um, yes. AJ Styles is the United States. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that's a pretty good uh, team of champions there um this should be like an a plus match um if it's anything lower than an a plus match it's wwe's fault um because aj styles is still great shinsuke uh if he ever gets to use his like full potential and stuff like that it'll be great and Roderick strong i've seen this guy wrestle live um i was part of the ring crew for evolve and i got to see him and i was cheesing uh he's a pretty he's he's a, he's a sweet dude he's a sweetheart um, that's the same day that I met Chris Hero, and Chris Hero has the most softest hands in the business. Um, <laughs> yeah, he has the most softest hands in the business. He's like a big, a big teddy bear. Um, just because he, you know, he had to gain weight because of his um his back problem. Um, but uh, this match should be like an A plus. Um, I'm I'm doing the podcast. Stop. God. They're really going to think this podcast is bipolar. Damn, um, they're going to think now. Um, so, do you have any uh, insight as to why we're having AJ Styles versus Shinsuke versus Roger Strong? Is it another brand thing? It's a brand thing. That's pretty much what Survivor Series is all about. Which brand is better than their brand? So, uh, Styles, Nakamura, and Strong have not really interact with each other within yeah, these 
invasions, which is kind of cool because when we do see this match and hopefully the match goes on to be like one of the show stealers, it better. We can just be blown away. Like, we can just be blown away. I don't know who will win. I don't have a winner. I am just going to watch this beautiful match with these three talented wrestlers. So I'm neutral. Um, all right. So I'll put, I'll make a, I'll make a note of that. Um, so, uh, I can say that, uh, AJ Styles and Strong have, um, basically met each other before in the Indies. You still with me? Yeah, you're still with me. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so AJ Styles and Roger Strong um, have men the indies. They are great um, wrestling together, um, you know, against each other and stuff like that. Adding Shinsuke to the mix, mix is a little bit different only because I don't know if Shinsuke ever ran into Strong uh, during the indies or even in Japan. But I do know, obviously, I think AJ and Shinsuke. Yeah, AJ says, yeah, I watched that match. Why am I doubting that? AJ and Shinsuke met in in New Japan, wrestled, and um, they had an awesome match. Um, I just hope that WWE does not fuck it up. Um, I am actually going to go neutral as well, only because of... Um, I like these guys. Um, I like Shinsuke, even though I want to see him uh, do his New Japan wrestling style rather than, like, the WWE style, but, like, I really can't pick a winner. AJ Styles is, um, really good, Shinsuke is good, and Roderick Strong is good, so I'm, I'm just gonna go neutral with this. Um, what I don't have on my notes, which I'll show you guys, um, what I don't have on my notes is basically the War Games, which is the first ever women's war games um it's going to be brutal it's going to be bloody and it's definitely going to be messy and it's going to take like years off these girls uh careers um there's like a big list of people to uh uh actually talk about in the match but my question will be uh how do you think this match will go we're talking about we're talking about war, war games. games. Yeah, war games for the women. Oh, man. I hope the ones who are competing at Survivors can uh, survive that structure because it's good for the women. It's great overall. I don't know how the match is going to go. So I'm just curious to see how it all happens. Yeah. Um I'm going to be completely neutral. I forgot who was in this match anyway. There's a bunch of women to name. Um, and, you know, uh, us not mentioning, like, every single woman who's in there doesn't mean that we don't care about it. We obviously care about uh, women's wrestling and stuff like that. But um, it's just way too, way too many women to, for me to memorize, and I didn't get enough chance to, like, write that down. But um, I want that to be a very damn good match. And then all the ladies should have, like, a month vacation because that's going to be hurting them like the next yeah. day. Um, so those are our predictions for the uh, WWE Survivor Series that's happening November 24th. And you could get it on the WWE Network for $9.99. Um, that's not a plug for, for WWE like that. We don't get paid for that. It's just natural. We don't. Yeah. It's just natural. It's $9.99, guys. $9.99. Uh, or... <laughs> And if you like that, if you're not a subscriber and you subscribe, 
for free, you get, I think, a month of the WWE Network. They're still doing free. that? Yes, they are oh still God. doing that. They're still doing that. All right, cool, cool. They're still doing that. Um, let's see. We're going to move away from WWE. I just wanted to talk about Survivor Series. I do know that, like, Raw was pretty stupid. Um, only because of that one thing. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, you know what? What? what what's the um, one thing? For some reason, whenever WWE wants to do these stupid storylines of like, you know, the whole Lana Rusev and Lashley thing, because because that thing is like so buzzworthy that it's stupid. And I really don't like talking about it. But you saw you saw my comment. I think you saw my comment on on Twitter about um, the science was wrong. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. When she was. Oh, um, my God. Faking pregnancy yeah that was last week's angle yeah um i do know that this week she divorced she she's divorcing rusev but it's like it's like if you're really gonna play it up that you're nine weeks pregnant at least give her a fake belly like come on i i, I don't, I don't... Uh, I'm, I'm we're we're not throwing body shame at what? all no oh of course yeah, not I'm but... saying we're not Oh, but she didn't. She just looked regular. Yeah, she's the viewers listening. Yeah, um, she, she just looked regular. She didn't look like she had like a babe carrying a baby. Now, had they would have like developed it and kept it going, and then she was like a pregnant, and then you're like, holy crap! Yeah, she is. Um, sort of, sort of what they did with uh, Maria and uh, Mike Nellis. A little bit she of that, really you know. Is. Yeah, but she really. Yeah, she, is, uh, she was. Yeah, that's. Um, but but you know the way that they shot certain scenes and whatnot. You know, uh, but we all knew that she was pregnant. But like you know something like that. But yeah, I just wanted to bring it up that like the science was wrong. Like, not only can WWE not write properly, they can't get their science right. And Vince has two kids. Come on. Did you watch NWA episode five and six? Oh, six. Oh, okay. I haven't um, checked out seven. Oh well, I mean seven already premiered, but um, um. So I'm just gonna go quickly through episode five. Um, Wait, say five. that say that again. I said it's probably just me and how YouTube messed me up. And probably did you yeah. say what happened at the end? Uh, I mean, I saw what uh, happened at the end. I wrote. I took notes. Coke Cabana. Yeah. Coke Cabana one. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Um, so in episode five, you know, Colt opens up with a promo and then like he talks for a little bit. And uh, I think that's the time when Ricky Starks came. No, Ricky Starks came in like in episode six for that. Uh, Aaron Stevens is back. Aaron yeah, that Stevens... was six. Oh, okay. So Aaron Stevens is back. Uh, he uh, has like a brand new gimmick of that you can't. Yes, he AI. is back. Uh, for anyone out there that don't know, uh, Aaron Stevens was originally Sandow. Still a good wrestler. Um, I like the fact that they did a commercial for Retromania Wrestling, which is a game coming out in 2020, all based out, all based on NWA, which is pretty cool. We're going to buy it, just so I can play it. Um, I'm sort of tired of uh, NWA doing squash matches, especially when it comes to tag teams. So, like, the Dawsons versus uh, Mim and uh, Wait, what are you Kingston. tired of? Uh, NWA doing squash matches. Oh, the squash matches. Yeah. 
So like um you know the You want to see like some um stories. I'm, yeah, um I don't want to see the Dawsons every week uh squashing like smaller guys that I don't know of. You know, I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to see that. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I have no clue who um these guys that they're just bringing and squashing yeah, left I, and right. I don't know either. Um and then But after- I guess that's like that's like the monster hills. Yeah, I guess so. They they really are. Um, and then after the tag team match, it's uh, Eddie Kingston and Homicide, uh, known as the Outlaws, come out and confront the Dawsons and be like, "Hey, let's have a match. You know, uh, we'll put our title opportunity on the line and stuff like that." But then the Dawsons are like, "Well, think about it." And I'm like, "All right, that's like the oldest thing in, in the book. Cool." Uh, the next was uh, the the women's matches. Um, every time a women's match happens, it's always 10 minutes. And I don't like that, but I understand why it's 10 minutes. Um, it's just that I it gets rushed and it gets sloppy whenever Which it's match? 10 minutes. Um, I, well, first I was just mentioning like uh, generally the female matches that NWA has, but the, the Ashley Vox versus uh, Thunder Rosa uh, was pretty good and okay uh thunder rosa is um you know a force to be reckoned with in the ring um and stuff like that uh thunder rosa came out the winner um and she her finisher is a double foot stop to the back um eventually someone's gonna get hurt but you know thunder rosa is a is a really good um wrestler and she she's cool um and then at the end of that one marty bell comes out to confront Thunder Rosa and uh, Thunder Rosa leaves the same way that Marty Bell Marty left Thunder Rosa Bell? the last in episode four. Hmm? Uh, and then we think that, you know, Thunder Rosa went to the back and then Marty Bell cuts a promo. Allison K comes out. She is the NWA women's champion. That belt is small, just like the AEW women's champion. I don't understand why, you know, we can't get like a medium sized belt. I know my waist is not tiny. So I need a medium-sized weight belt or championship because, you know, certain promoters don't like to use the word belt. Um, True. Other than that, uh, Thunder Rosa comes back out to attack Allison K, and then you have Marty Bell uh, coming in to – you would think that she was going to help, but then she also uh, beats up um, Allison K. Allison uh, K. What happened? Um, interesting. You're breaking up again. That's it. Well, not me. Do it because every time Thunder Rosa encounters Marty Bell, there's usually drums playing in the background. Oh my god, dude, that's gonna get so annoying as we keep going into the weeks. It's because, like, I get it. Like, you know, the first two times it was fine because it meant something. Like they did it at the right cue, but um, they can't keep doing it every single week. They're going to have to, like, at least cut it out or, like, I don't know. I just wouldn't want to hear it every single week. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, I mean, it probably, it'll probably, you know, phase out. But, you know, I think it's just part of, like, her whole, uh, her whole. Her whole gimmick? Mystique about her. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't yeah, mind. Yeah, I think that's part of her thing. I don't mind, but I don't. I don't really want to hear the drums every week unless it has a purpose. 
the first, like I said, the first two times had a purpose and it worked really well. Uh, this time around, I was just like, no, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I really don't. Um, let me ask you your opinion on Eli Drake. Because this dude annoys uh, me in his promos now. <laughs> Eli Drake. Yeah. He's stirring the pot for a, a whole bunch of reasons that I'm still trying to figure out what's his um, agenda. One minute he's like helping Storm. He's talking to Storm. Next minute he's like talking, I guess, I should, when I say Storm, I should say James Storm. Yeah. yeah. And then there, he, he's all over the place. I don't know what his, what he wants to accomplish. He's like, the um the instigator of uh yep that's the word i would use power yeah i would definitely He's use just like that so trying to like stir the pot yeah with a ver- variety of wrestlers so basically um the only reason why i'm getting annoyed of him is because every time he comes out and when he cuts a promo he cuts a promo like old school back in the day type thing and i'm like i could appreciate you know, keeping it kayfabe, keeping it old school um, and stuff like that. But it gets annoying when it's done the way that he does it. Um, It's to the point of like, man, why are you out here? Even though he's out there to, you know, like you said, to stir the pot only because if you can distract the main people who hold, um, you know, the gold, you have an opportunity to take the gold away from them because they weren't paying attention. They weren't focused. So Eli Drake's... um, promos every time he's out there is just to distract people so that way eventually when he moves in for the kill to go after the 10 pounds of gold it you know he'll capitalize and he'll get the 10 pounds of gold um but yeah he he totally annoys the hell out of me when he does his promos it's not his promos are not bad his promos are good it's just just, the way he delivers i'm like oh my god you're you're so annoying You know? It's the tone and it's, the pace of the yeah, promo. It's basically, I think it's the tone, the pace, and him thinking that this is like the freaking 80s. It's like, dude, where is the personality? Like, <clears throat> I, I see him copying off of other people rather than having his own personality shine through because it's NWA. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too overcritical of it. I mean, yeah, like, I it guess. annoying. I think because of the end what nwa represents in the 80s and what it's trying to do now which is bring a newer audience so maybe um the promos maybe that's his style he wants to yeah bring the attention of what nwa power is all about by sticking to like the old school ways of the promo yeah um which you know, I don't mind. I just, I just have a way of him delivering sense. it. Yeah, it does. Um, it's just, it's just every time he comes out, I'm just like, oh my god, like, why, why are you out here? <laughs> why are you out here? Um, aside from that, uh, apparently, I wrote down the main event was, um, you know, the Outlaws, uh, Homicide, and Eddie Kingston versus Royce and Thom, the Wild Cards. Uh, the Wild Cards did pick up the win. Um, it was a very hard hitting, fast paced match. Um, and then, like, 
the NWA locker room kind of like empty out on episode five. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was watching. I somehow got confused. Damn YouTube. Um, and then I noticed on episode five, it was Aaron Stevens versus uh, Ricky Starks. And that was a two out of three falls match. And uh, Aaron Stevens decided to put Ricky Starks over for all two pinfalls, which was kind of uh, interesting. Um now we're moving on to episode six because these things are like really, 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 really tiny. Um, so Trevor Murdoch versus uh Caleb Kingsley. Trevor Murdoch wins that one. You know, these matches are like five minutes, not even like full things. Uh Aaron Stevens does another promo. He talks about how he's uh retired not retiring from professional wrestling, <laughs> that, that he leaves NWA. He wants to go back to Cali to do movies. And I'm like, dude. Whatever. <laughs> we still love you. Um, here. You're breaking up again. I'm here. All right, cool. Um, and then the tag team match, it was, they actually had a women's tag team match. It was uh, Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell teaming up to fight uh, Crystal Rose and Brooklyn Creed. Um, I do not know who Crystal Rose and Brooklyn Creed are. Um, I do know who Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell are. Um it was a fast, quick, uh, pace match. Um, this is why sometimes I don't like the women's matches being 10 minutes. Um, I wish one day when NWA gets, you know, a little bit better, um, they'll, you know, instead of having an hour long YouTube show, they'll have like maybe an hour and a half. I really do want the women to, um, get more time only because I don't know many of these women. They have a lot of uh, interchangeable faces coming in and out of NWA. Now that we're up to like episode seven and I don't know any of them except for like the main ones you hear. So like Marty Bell was on the WWE May Young. Right, Gio? It's part of the uh, first May Young classic. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then after that, Marty Bell did some other work in the independence and then uh thunder rosa is known um if you ever watch uh some sammy guevara vlogs uh she's on there and you know they both hate each other hate each other with air quote air quotation marks um either way uh thunder rosa and marty bell pick up the win and then thunder rosa starts talking in spanish and i think that's a really nice dynamic to have thunder rosa and her mystique of uh talking in spanish and then marty bell just translating and stuff like that um it makes it that much easier um, there was this weird what? promo was that promo was very beautiful with the translation. Yeah, that, um, it was. I would agree with that. and everything. I was like, um, best line of the day for me. Yeah, and because I'm a Marty Bell fan, so yeah. Um, they're both really good athletes. They're really good. They just need more time to shine. Mm-hmm on the nwa tv that's all they need more time to shine um i i don't even know if i want to talk about this match but dan parks versus the question mark i can't believe they actually did a character called the question mark that yeah i was just like why is that a thing i I think the crazy thing is question mark is getting over Match. I don't know who he is. <laughs> but, you know, it's a question mark. Oh, my God. You, 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 know, you, you know what I wrote down on my notes? WTF. That's what I Did wrote. Right. I wrote WTF. <laughs> um, the winner was definitely. Oh, man. Um, 
Yeah, the winner was definitely the question mark. I don't understand why. Haha. <laughs> but WTF. Um <laughs> and then um I do want to talk about that. Yeah, uh, you had mentioned earlier that um uh James Storm does lose the belt to Cockabana. Cockabana is the Okay, so what belt does Cockabana hold? Is it called the national championship or the North American championship? The national. The national? All right. Um you know I can double check later on and let Yeah, we'll probably double check. It's either it's either one or the other one, the national championship or the North American championship. I I couldn't remember, but it's a big freaking belt. Um it's a big it's a big belt. I'm just like, wow. Um all right, so that it's is, red. Is it red? It yeah, it's red. red. It's red. It's a red belt with gold plating on it. Um and Cockabana has it now. Uh so that was the quick wrap up of NWA. Um NWA still brings a smile to my face. Um, you know, um it's still a development. Um it's gonna get better over time, uh, especially when they have more resources and more time to display like everyone they have. Um the the format is good too. Um, you know, I just want women's matches to be a little bit longer so I could get to know the women. Most of the men that's on there, I could tell I could understand their story and I've seen them before. I've seen Call Cabana, I've seen him wrestle live a couple of times. Uh I understand Nick Aldis, I understand Eli Drake, I understand Homicide. Met him in real life, he's a cool dude. Um, you know, I understand Eddie Kingston because you know, he's from out here in the Bronx. Like I, I know how I know how he is. Um, But, like, for the women, I don't know. You know, you get him. Yeah, I get him. But for the women, I don't know them as much, and I want to get to know them. So that's the only critique that I have about NWA is to have the women have more matches or have a a behind-the-scenes look at the women so that way they could tell their side of the story and I could, like, sort of follow along like that, you know, even if they don't get the time on uh, the YouTube show. AEW is already up to episode seven, uh, the Square Circle podcast. This is episode seven, um, and I had named this podcast um, AEW is like anime. Um, it did not hit me until I was watching as I was watching the opener that AEW has. So when AEW opens, um, it's basically a video package of updating us on Kenny Omega's health uh, after Kenny Omega had a very hard fought, fought um, lights out match with uh, John Moxley. Um, and, um, you know, uh, Kenny is uh, broken and stuff like that. He's beat up. And of course, my heart breaks for that because I can't, I, I don't want to see a good person like that, like totally beat up and have a black eye and all that. So, you know, um, so I felt I, I felt that, and then the opening match is John Moxley versus uh, Michael Nakazawa, which I was not expecting because I don't think they advertised it. They they were just saying that you know Moxley is gonna be on AEW Dynamite. I didn't expect this match to happen. And then when Nakazawa like grabbed the baby oil and tossed the baby oil aside, I was like. Everything like just clicked in my head, story wise, of like why they do certain things and why you feel the emotions you feel with every single person on the roster. It's like an anime. Um, mm-hmm. It's like an anime. You get so attached to certain characters because of the powerful storytelling that it's like 
wow, now I understand. Like, you know, finally, Michael Nakazawa is not playing around because his best friend Kenny is hurt. And who was the person that hurt him? John Moxley. So he threw away the baby oil so that way he can have a serious match. Unfortunately, um, it wasn't that long of a match, which was really bad. Um, but it's very short. Yeah, it was very short. Um, John Moxley picks up the win by doing the uh, the paradigm shift. I might be pronouncing the name wrong um, and stuff like that. But paradigm paradigm it's, shift. It's paradigm shift, right? Okay. Yes, paradigm I told, shift. I totally wrote it wrong in my notes. Um, so. <laughs> So, you know, that that sort of kind of, like, crushed me where uh, Michael Nakazawa didn't get the chance to fight for Kenny in a way. But, um, you know, I understood it. And that was a turning point where I want to name this um, AEW is, like, anime and stuff like that. Um, and also, uh, earlier in the day, I was talking with uh, indie wrestler uh, JD Alpha, who will eventually be on this podcast. Um, and he had mentioned something interesting to me and I never really gave any type of like negative feedback for AEW, but this is really not negative feedback, but I do have to agree with him that the way that they introduce their characters could be a little bit better because like, yeah, the casual fan is not going to know certain, uh, characters. Like people are not going to know Darby Allen. Uh, I met Darby Allen, uh, and he's a really cool person and, uh, he's stood you know, the test of time against Chris Hero during his match that I had saw live and I was like stuck to the match, like very glued to it. Uh JD Alpha knows him because you know JD Alpha's in the business. Um, but you know, he was right in mentioning that um AEW doesn't really build these guys up. It's like you have to be a hardcore fan, an underground fan, a fan that's been following for years to know who these guys are. And sometimes that sort of does hurt the product and hurt them. Um but the way to fix that is to still do the Cody Rhodes segment of the um, undesirable to undeniable kind of thing so that people can understand who they are or just do another, um, like, have them in, like, you know, the Being the Elite episodes, have them on BTE, Mailbag or whatever, or just have them do their own promos, their own vignettes so that we can understand, like, who they are. Um, but with that conversation, that's also why I thought it was like an anime. Because in anime, they don't really reveal their whole entire hand about every single character. You have to learn their story arc as you go every single week. So, this is why episode 7 of the Square Circle Podcast is called AEW's Like Anime. Cool. Um, but, you see where I'm coming from, right? AEW and anime is similar or at least how they go about it with their storytelling and slowly um building up these characters without knowing that much about them but we're getting to learn about them each and every week yeah um and then right after john moxie um you know uh wins his match he uh doesn't he gives out an open challenge um i won't spoil that yet we'll go we'll go through the thing after that, it is a tag team match. It is the Dark Order versus Jurassic Express. Um, Jurassic Express is made up of Jungle Boy and Marco Stump for this um, tag team match. Um, I am, like, highly impressed with Marco Stunt. Um, and, 
you know, for those of you that have been hearing all the podcasts from like one through six, uh, it should have been uh, maybe episode five or four, where I completely defended Marco's stunt because everybody on the internet was giving him shit about his size and just, you know, just giving him shit about everything else. But he he knows what he's doing. Uh, even for his size, he's able to manipulate it and um, it works really well and it looks like really cool uh, just because he's small. Um, you know, but he, you know, he has a huge heart and you know that he loves professional wrestling. So he does a hurricanrana into, um, which is kind of cool. And then, uh, he does a cannibal, uh, sent on. And then, um, there was a uh, one part in the match where, uh, crap, I think it's Uno. Yeah. It's evil Uno. Uh, he jumps off the top rope and he, uh, like, I forgot what move he did, but Marco didn't move in time. So like uh Evil Uno's head caught Marco Stunt's arm. So he had to pretend like he got hurt and uh, you know, and then um what is it? Uh uh Evil Uno got the uh decided to pin him and uh somehow Marco uh basically breaks breaks free of the pin. And the commentators, I had to write this down. The commentators said that he squeaked free. That sounds very Squeak. funny. Doesn't it? He what? He squeaks free. That does sound very funny. <laughs> I, I had to write that down. I was like, what? He squeaks free? <laughs> like, come on, guys. Um, so uh, Marco also does a 450. And then he does... Excalibur said that he does a Dragon Rana. I don't know if he did. He didn't really do a Dragon Rana. He just did a, another Hurricanrana, but it looked cool from the 450 splash into the freaking um, Hurricanrana. So that dude has some moves and he's very underrated. Um, Jungle Boy does a black backflip uh, with his knees landing on the um, the opponent. Um, it must have been, yeah, it was the... Uh, What's the other guy's name? Um, it's Evil Uno and Gary. Is that he... his name? Oh my god! Oh, uh, Gary. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's Gary. Since his... no, Gary doesn't. You got an Evil Uno? Name. Can we just call him Evil? It's Dose. I'll call him Evil Gary. It's it's Do- Dose. Okay, it's something like that. Dose. As... Damn it! Okay. Dose as in two. Yeah, Dose as in two, man. Um. So he does that. Um, so then after after a really hard fought battle, uh, the Dark Order wins. Uh, they pin Marco. Um, and then, you know, Evil Uno speaks. And I was like, oh, crap, he could speak. Um, and then he basically I tells... I, I, I forgot. I forgot if he spoke. I was like, oh, shit, he's speaking. Um, he tried to convince Marco to come over to the dark side to be a creeper. And I'm like, this whole creeper thing needs to stop. It's, like, so bad. I think it's because, like, my mind goes, like, straight into the fucking gutter. And I'm like, I don't want a creeper to touch me, ever. Like, ever. Well, yeah, Um, and the idea that creeper, you know, out of all the names you could (laughs) have been picking, you chose creeper. Yeah, right? Yeah, like, out of everything, you you choose creeper. Like, no, I don't want want a creeper to touch me. I don't. Um, it's kind of creepy if you think about it. You're Ha-ha. being a creep. Ah, see, there we go. Ha ha! I got that. I got that. 
Um, All right. Yeah, it is. It is kind of creepy anyway, the way that they come out and they do like the fucking chair for him and they like crawl and shit. I'm like, oh, my God, can you guys stop? Like, you know, well, they're they're dark order. So they're from another. They're from another world. They are. They're not from here. They're They're not from here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's what they are. They're aliens. They're that's aliens. why they wear masks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's why you have to join their um creepy society world. Yeah. And that's what uh, uh, Evil Uno was doing for uh, Marco Stump. But then Jungle Boy was like, no, he's going to be Baby Saurus. And then like the creepers attack them. And then Luchasaurus comes out. Luchasaurus gets like a huge freaking pop, man. Freaking love that guy. I love him. I love him. I, Not because he's a dinosaur. Oh. But okay, maybe maybe because he is a dinosaur, but it could be the mask. I'm like I'm drawn to the mask. Yeah, I like, I um, like... everything works for him, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say that eventually I want Jurassic Express in our like Jurassic Park series. Um, if you guys don't know, I'm part of Ravage Lands as well. I do this on the side because I love professional wrestling. But on the side, um, me and my team do a bunch of gaming videos. We did a huge thing of Jurassic Park. And I really do want Jurassic Express to be there with us. That'd be hilarious. It'll be great. Um, we got to book it. Um, anyway. It'll be something to work on. Yeah, it will be. Um Moving on to the next match, it's a triple threat. It's Sean Spears, aka Perfect Ten, versus Peter Avalon versus Darby Allen. Oh my god! Um, why does Peter Avalon keep losing, man? Like you know, he does. He obviously he doesn't want to do the um, the librarian gimmick anymore. But like, when is he gonna get a victory? Said so, I don't know <laughs> when when he uh, decides to not be like the librarian. That's when. He um will probably be taken seriously. And you said, when is he gonna win his next match? And I said, when is his next match? Oh, I didn't I didn't ask that. Because <laughs> oh. I don't know when his next match is. <laughs> I can't see into the future. Either, but anywho, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, well, seven has been interesting. Yeah, it it really has. Um What's your take on uh, this whole feud of uh, Joey Janela and uh, Sean Spears? All right. So, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, thank gosh. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Um, so you just mentioned uh, in Discord that uh, the chairman is missing something, and I totally agree with you. Um, I don't know what. Maybe he should drop the uh, chairman. Uh, gimmick. Maybe, maybe he doesn't like need like the chairman because that was like that was like his thing when he hit Cody over the head, and uh, he didn't really beat Cody in their first and only encounter at that time in AEW. So, is he really the chairman, or are they just trying to like take a snub at a? Vince, mm. who is the chairman of WWE. Yeah, it's sort of like a, a troll gimmick, if you want to call it that. Um, I'm going to coin that. You know, it's a troll gimmick uh, to be the chairman, you know, because uh, you, you kind of make fun of WWE in that aspect. Uh, but for him feuding with Joey Janela, I don't think Joey needs it. But then again, um, 
I don't know if Joey will be ready to feud with somebody else. Uh, so I think right now it's okay, but I don't really think it's the best for, for Joey at the moment. But, you know, uh, that's about it. Um, for this triple threat match, um, when uh, Sean Spears is automatically out of the match, um, in a way, only because Joey comes down, uh, Joey attacks him and they fight to the back. So, you know, now it's a one-on-one with uh, Peter Avalon versus Darby. Darby picks up the win via um, coffin drop and then Darby answers the challenge that John Moxley has said in the beginning of his open challenge. Um, Darby, good luck, man. Good luck next week with that. Um, Darby could take a lot of pain. He could take a lot of suffering. Um, John Moxley. You're going to need one, it. Yeah. Uh, John Moxley is the one to, um, like, give him all of that and, and more. Um, I just want to see where it goes. Um, but yeah, good luck with that, Darby. Um, be interesting to see. Yeah, it will be. Um, so our next match is the women's match. This is uh, Nyla Rose versus uh, Danny Jordan. I don't know who Danny Jordan is. I think I don't know if she signed yet, but uh, she might be signing. I have no idea. Um, this felt like a squash match, even though Danny Jordan looks like she has some like. Uh, muscle to her that she could like sort of somehow match Nyla Rose. Um, Nyla picks up the victory via the Beast Bomb, uh, which is like a power bomb. Uh, it was an okay match. I want to see more of Nyla's skill and not just doing big wrestler moves. You know, I I don't want to just see big well, wrestler moves. I've seen Nyla Rose wrestle on the Independents. She is a, a, I just don't think, like you said, you want to see uh, hold on. more of her and less of her, like, big power moves. I don't think opponent for her at the moment to challenge her. Yeah. So that's why they're having her just be their woman's destroyer, monster, type thing but you kind of also have like a another women's monster on their roster yeah they do which is kong and i'm gonna uh i mean you did you watch aew i did get a chance to watch aew uh i think i watched it thursday friday i think i watched it friday Okay. Um. Well, because you brought up Kong, you want to you uh the next one was uh Tony Shavani interviews Ali, and stuff like that. <clears throat> um. Oh, Vortex. Uh, Vortex. Thank you for donating three lemons. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I have to look at my phone for that. Anyway. Um. So Tony Shavani interviews Ali. Ali is like the girl next door. She's so chipper. Mm-hmm. She's so young and everything that she's like the girl next door. Um, with Allie, I would love to see an improvement in her wrestling. Um, whenever she wrestles, I could see how sometimes she could get nervous doing certain things. And she relies on the same moves over and over and over. But they're not like a huge deal. But I don't want to. There, There's certain things that women wrestlers do that sort of like. They do it. 
because they're they're uncomfortable um sometimes or they don't want to hurt you know their their friends in the ring and i totally understand that in professional wrestling you shouldn't really be hurting anybody you should be taking care of each other in the ring but the but way it's that, all about what um taking care of each other protecting oh. each other in the ring safety yeah. um oh cool vortex thank you and no ravage lance i'm not the new chip cornet stop it um the so, new jim cornet yeah no man. way like yeah that's what ravage lance was saying like no no, 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 no. Um, anyway, uh, but when Allie wrestles, I notice that she's uh tends to be a little nervous in her forearms whenever she does it. It's like it doesn't look right. Um, it and then she does the same sort of like back and forth moves and whatnot. Like we would have to like really dissect an Allie match for me to like get this across. But like I want her to be more confident. And like her wrestling ability, because obviously she's confident to be out in front of people. She's confident talking on the mic. She's confident with her um, alter ego gimmick, right? Because she becomes like an evil bunny, right? I don't know if she's still doing the um, the evil bunny. That was an impact. Oh, but but she did it though, right? She... Um, my my. Husband... I don't think she's. Well. Even if we don't I mean, see it in AEW, I'm just saying that she did another gimmick that wasn't like she, the girl next door gimmick. I'm she just, had a very, she had a very darker, um, yeah, gimmick. She, so she was in the, uh, she went to a different realm, so to speak, where yeah. she was not the nice girl next door. So basically, my whole point is that she's uh, she's very confident in like all of that aspect. I just want her to improve in like her wrestling to make me believe that when she's in the ring, she could kick ass no matter what and not like pull punches like so 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 much. But anyway, um, after like this interview, the lights go out. Uh, Kong is seen standing on top of the um, the stage, and then like uh, attacks Allie and Brandy. You know. Uh, takes a piece of her hair and it's a trophy. I am enjoying what Brandy is uh, doing. Um, it's something different. Um, she's doing it with Kong. Kong is her like enforcer type uh, wrestler, if you want to say that. What happened? Bodyguard. Yeah, maybe. bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go. I'll go with bodyguard. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's that. And I, I like I like this story unfolding. It's something different. It's putting the women on notice. And you could definitely tell, like, this has nothing to do with the men. So, like, this is their own freaking story. And that's, like, fantastic. Like, they don't need um, any type of the, any of the men to, like, back them up to try to help with the storytelling. All the women are doing, like, a phenomenal job with this, whether or not Brandy and Kong are, like, involved to take more hair pieces for uh, trophies. Um, now moving on to that, what, what happened? Go ahead. Okay. Moving on to, with that is the, uh, Jericho promo where MJF comes out too. Oh my God. Uh, Um, you know, I said it before where like, I, I don't like MJF, but I like Sammy Guevara. Uh, this promo was really good by MJF. Um, everything that he said, everything that he did, he did the classic move of coming out with, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes' uh, entrance and gasping uh, yes. people. Um, that's a very classic move in professional wrestling. And that would get you heat no matter what. Um, the way that he talks in the mic is really good. Um, 
him and Jericho going back and forth uh, was really, really good. Um, it felt like this was not planned at all, that, like, they played off each other. Um, and, of course, you know, Jericho using the one line of, like, this is how MGF got born. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Jericho, that was funny. Jericho is hilarious. Yeah, and then uh, MJF is like, who the hell is Hoovy? And he was like, Google it. <laughs> Yeah, damn right you better Google that shit. Especially for all you millennials out there. Google Hoovertu Guerrero. Um I thought it was kind of funny that um, you know, uh the commentators, uh someone made a reference to the to the skit called Who's on First. I don't know if you did you ever see that skit? Oh, but I think I should to understand it. Um you might have to watch it a couple of times. Uh it's I watched that thing. I watched that skit at least three different times in my lifetime. Um, that's only because Ravage Dragon had given it to me. Um, you know, uh, when this podcast goes up, I'll make sure to leave a link of the uh, Who's On First skit because I cannot explain it. But you, but it had the same feel of when Jericho and MJF was going back and forth with the whole. Um, you know, do you want to join the inner circle? Chris Jericho, uh, Christopher, are you asking me to join the inner circle? Like, it, it has that feeling, you know, in a way. So I will link okay. that for people to watch. Um, it's it's really a classic. It's a it's a classic uh, skit that should be watched by everybody. It's really funny. Um, anyway, after all of that, they both agree that the one person that, you know, they both hate is Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes comes out despite doctor's orders and, like, starts beating people up, but then he's so woozy that he gets beat up. And then this is the debut of, I'm going to mess up this guy's name. It's Warload? Warlow. There's no Hello? D. Warlow? Warlow. Okay. Warlow. Okay. Is it Warlow? Yeah, it is. It's Warlow. There's no D in it. And I did say in a tweet that if I get his name wrong, I am so sorry. But it's Warlow. I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's going to be MJF's new bodyguard. Do you think that... Yeah, right? It looked like uh, he was going to be MJF's bodyguard. Um, He was giving him orders. Yeah, he was too. And he took him kindly, which is kind of weird. But, uh, you know, does this mean that the inner circle kind of expands? You know, is MJF really in the inner circle if, like, they both hug after they say Cody Rhodes? Do you think so? Maybe, or maybe now that he has um, someone to watch his back, he probably feels like he doesn't need the inner circle, or maybe, like, he's in the inner circle plus the bodyguard, which is whenever um, F is in trouble he'll be around, kind of like how um, Jack Hager is yeah. Chris Jericho's bodyguard. Yeah, probably. Um, it'll be an interesting story to unfold. Um, that was a really nice, like, segment to, like, slow down everything else like that. Um, Ravage Lands just put the link in the uh, D-Live chat about the uh, skit, Who's On First? Because Ravage Lands is quick like that. Um, Anyway, so moving on, we have a rematch that happens from uh, uh, Full Gear, and it is Hangman versus Pac. Um, you know, I've, I've said it during our Full Gear uh, review that uh, 
Hangman versus Pac, they have a very awesome chemistry together. They work well in the ring. Uh, I I like the fact that um, Jim Ross uh, said on commentary that uh, Pac was born angry. (laughs) And now he's taking out on people. I'm like, the things that these guys come up with, uh, sometimes it's gold. Sometimes it's just like, are you guys serious? Did you just say that type of stuff? But um, I'll I'll run with it. Um, He looks angry. Yeah. Every time. Uh, Pac definitely looks angry. He comes out angry. Um, there was that one time when, uh, you know, on the WWE Network, somehow Bailey's car had gotten up to Pac and, uh, it was right along and Bailey is like, Hey Neville. And then, uh, you know, at the time his name was Neville. Neville was all like, are you shooting for, for ride along? And they were like, yeah. And, um, and, uh, Neville was like, fuck right along <laughs> i was like the fuck is going on like okay cool um awesome like oh, start- what happened i called them evil neville then. yeah yeah really yeah um for some reason because Pac is so angry i want to be his friend do you want to be his friend because i like him and if he's angry with me because i like him i'm sorry <laughs> I bet you you're gonna hug him too. Be like, it's okay, it'll be fine. Let me just hug you. He <laughs> might right. not, he might not want my hugs. It's, it's totally fine. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll do we'll do a group hug, man. We'll be like best friends. Oh. Anyway, group um, hug on three. What happened? Group hug on three. Right, right. Um, that should be a thing. Um, Pac, we want to be friends with you. Anyway, um, this match felt like it was on autopilot. Um, there was nothing really uh, spectacular about it. Like I wish that they wouldn't, they didn't have the rematch so right after the pay per view. But I understand that they might have had to like fill a spot for the card for Dynamite. But like I wanted their match at Full Gear to stay the way that it was, uh, and then maybe like you know this this week rather than like last week. This week they could probably have another rematch. Um, the things I wrote down in my notes um, that, you know, Pac wrestles like he never gets hurt. Like, this dude, like, just goes 100%. Like, he's fucking crazy. Um, I did mention the autopilot thing. Uh, Hangman does the brain buster to the outside on Pac, and then, like, does... Later on, he does the buckshot lariat, which looks freaking devastating. And then, uh, sometime during the match, like, Pac continues to, like, stomp on Hangman's head, and then delivers the black arrow, and then does brutalizer just to win, and I was like, "Why do you need all that?" But um, I uh, for any, what happened? Lost his match, so now he's angry and he's taking off his frustrations. Yeah, um, I know, but it's just like it's like that, that was way too much. But I, I get it why he did it. Um, but for anyone out there listening, uh, I am a huge fan of being the elite. And if you guys saw this past Monday's episode, uh, called, um, it's supposed to be fun. I think it's, I think it's what it is. I'll, I'll link it in my description as well, but, um, this is in no way, shape or form, like a paid plug for them. I just love them and will share them no matter what. So on being the elite hangman really does tell the elite that, um, he, uh, he's going, you know, he's no longer going to be part of the group. Um, and now I understand why, um, 
he's no longer going to be part of the group. And I didn't understand why he said, oh, yeah, well, you know, like I lost to Pac and this is why I'm leaving. And you guys know that um, I never really been part of the team and stuff like that. So now I understand why he lost. He lost to Pac. He tells the Young Bucks, I'm, I'm leaving um, the same way that Kenny was like, you know, I'm going to take some time away and stuff like that. So both of them sort of leave and whatnot, um, which, by the way, uh, for everyone out there giving AEW shit, uh, make sure to watch the Being the Elite series because the Being the Elite series ties in to these guys' stories on AEW. Everything makes sense. Everything falls into place. Like, if you have time to be multitasking on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, even YouTube, you have time to watch Being the Elite, do it. Um, and then after all that, uh, there's a backstage segment. We get our first backstage not really our first backstage segment, but it felt official. Wouldn't you agree? So I felt like this backstage segment was um, official. I felt like, um, even though they had like tiny backstage segments here and there, but like, you know, it just felt quick. This one felt kind of- Oh, you're good? Okay. Um, I asked, um, did you feel like this backstage segment when the Young Bucks were attacking- You're back? Okay. Um, when the Young Bucks was attacking um, Santana and Ortiz, did you feel like that was like an official backstage segment? AEW. You're breaking in just, out, just so you know. I don't know what you said. Okay. I was saying that was like the first time AEW has done like a full backstage brawl, not counting the Omega and Moxley thing? Moxley. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that one. I was thinking of all, like, the small little backstage segments that they had, like, when, you know, Dustin got his arm broken and stuff like that, you know. Um, but, yeah, you're totally right. I totally forgot about that one. Wasn't that uh, in the parking lot? Yeah, it was in the parking lot. You know, it's still considered backstage. It it's outside. Lot. Yeah. It's outside. Outside. Yeah. yeah. Outside. But, um, like, the official, official backstage? Yeah. I this count one, right? that one as the first one. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause you know, you can still feel the animosity between the two teams and stuff like that. Um, I just thought it was a hilarious thing, uh, of that when, um, uh, Santana threw Nick into the damn door and when the door opens is orange Cassidy in the bathroom. (laughs) What? Like, he was like, he just like, all right, I'm gonna let you do you. Yeah. I'm gonna close this door and now I'm gonna beat up. I'm gonna beat up. I'm gonna continue doing what I'm doing. And plus, anyway, I I thought the like I think it's probably just the building structure. The building structure was kind of weird in the way that they had it, and I was like, who? It, it felt like a random bathroom, as if like they built it before the show started, and they were like, yeah, we're gonna do this spot. <laughs> like, oh, this is great. Um, and Orange just hmm? happens to be in that spot. Yeah, right? It just happens, especially with the wall, the way that it looked. And yeah, I was just like, did they just build this? But Orange Cassidy being there was like funny. This is how you know that they don't really take anything serious. And I think that's what works for AEW because then it comes off fresh and natural, even if they kind of recycle certain things. But you kind of feel like, you know, this is cool. You know, I, I could cheer them. I could boo them. I could be like... Why is Orange Cassidy in the freaking bathroom? Like, you know, why is he why was he? Yeah. Um, everyone should bring signs on the next event and be like, why were you in the bathroom? Imagine. 
<laughs> that's probably going to be a thing. Oh, man. Um, and then, uh, you know, they battle out into the stage and whatnot, and then Santana and Ortiz powerbomb Matt through the stage, and then um, Matt is going to be taking some time off because he's hurt. Um, Nick is still hurt, but uh, this week, uh, meaning, well, tomorrow, AEW Dynamite, uh, Nick is going to be facing uh, Phoenix, um, which is going to be a very exciting match. Uh, I just hope that Nick doesn't get any, uh, doesn't injure himself further. Um, because he's already trying to recover from uh, his leg uh, being hit and being messed up. So I hope that, you know, that doesn't go further. Um, I do want to mention, yeah, I do want to mention that, like, I still love the idea that the vice presidents of AEW are sort of taking, like, a backseat. But they're doing it in a very smart storytelling way where we're not, like, you know, this is stupid. We're doing, we're basically on the edge of our seats in our feelings of like, oh crap, the young bucks are hurt. Kenny is fucking broken. Uh, Cody, 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 Cody is a wild man. <laughs> Cody is a wild man. Yes, he is. Um, but he, at the same time, pulls your fucking heartstrings. And that is what is the best thing about the Rhodes family is that they're able to pull your heartstrings no matter what. Um, and even with Hangman, you know, um, I like Hangman here and there. You know, Hangman is a very uh, cool guy. Um, you know, he's, hmm, I don't know, we should probably do like a spotlight analysis on Hangman. So that I could find the right words to describe him. But I, I don't mind watching Hangman. I don't mind, like, you know, hanging out with this guy. Like, you know, if I'm able, if he's able to teach me how to ride a horse, I'll, that'd be great. Eventually, I might want to end up getting his T-shirt that says cowboy shit. Because I thought that was a funny line. But, um, you know, oh. he could pull your heartstrings, too. Oh, yeah. Too. He, he said that. Yeah. He said that line at uh, HOG when um, he's gonna he was one of the surprises. Shit. Yeah. He said that at uh, HOG during the uh, when he saved the Young Bucks. Yeah. And that bro. Gonna be doing some cowboy shit. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But you know, all those guys, the way that they, that they're doing the storytelling is that early on they're getting defeated and they're putting young young guys over and they're telling stories rather than you know abusing their power. Because, you know, they have all the power in the world with the company, you know. I love the fact that they're not doing that. I said they're not abusing their power. Yeah. Um. All right. So, after, oh, go ahead. What? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um. So, the last thing that we're going to be talking about is the main event. Which is uh, SCU, which are the tag team champions of uh, Frankie, 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 can't talk right now. Frankie Kazarian and uh, Scorpio Sky, yeah, uh, versus uh, Sammy Guevara and Jericho, and then Jack Hager is, uh, you know, coming out as the bodyguard, and then Christopher Daniels come out later. Uh, this was a really, really good match. Um, even though Sammy was taking most of the bumps, and uh, Jericho came in and did, you know, what he needed to do and him versus uh scorpio sky is really good um scorpio sky gets the freaking pin on jericho he does it inside kratos this upsets everything and uh 
as a tag team that puts a loss on Jericho and Sammy Guevara while he gives SCU a um, a leg up. But um, what I was not expecting was Scorpio Sky to get the win over Jericho. But someone on Twitter had mentioned that when Jericho won the championship, he said some words to Scorpio Sky about something. And then, you know, this is like retribution back, you know, for Scorpio Sky to get the pin over him. Obviously, you know, that means that Scorpio Sky is very good talent. He's very good in the ring and they believe in him. And then for Jericho to allow that pin to happen, that definitely means that Jericho believes in him too. Um, was I expecting? Yes. Huh? Say, oh, I was, I was agreeing with you. I was, yeah. Say, oh, yes. Anytime if um, Jericho is going to um, okay. believe in him. Yeah. I can't believe it. I was breaking up. Yeah, you were. Uh, but uh yeah that um you know jericho believes highly in scorpio sky for to let scorpio sky get the victory pin in a inside cradle um which was very interesting um did i see that coming no i would have thought that you know sammy probably would have uh got the loss or yeah that sammy like if, if it was the other way around that sammy would have taken the fall only because i don't see the championships uh changing hands that fast um, but for Jericho to get the pin, that says a lot, especially in storytelling. Um, that means that um, if Scorpio Sky ever wanted to, Scorpio Sky could be like, hey, Jericho, I got that pin on you. Even though it was a tag team match, you know, I still got a one up on you. And now I want to challenge you for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And that's where we're at. Um, those are the little tiny storytelling techniques that AEW does better than WWE, which is more for like long-term, um, storytelling, which I definitely love that. But those little tiny victories are seeds planted. So that way, um, six months down the line, you understand why two people are there at that particular moment in time. True. Now, how will the L Trump be on? Um, handle his first defeat. Um, I mean, not a, on the line. I mean, I don't think uh, Jericho is gonna lose any type of sleep over this because it is a tag team loss. It's not necessarily like a loss to him and his uh, singles uh, career, but um, it's not really gonna set them back. Um, you know, Jericho just tried to think of something creative to say and whatnot. Like, he had a, the most surprised face in the world, which, you know, um, anybody would have because nobody was thinking that. Um, so I don't think that he's going to lose any sleep over it. I don't think so. He'll probably be like, it doesn't count. <laughs> probably, right? Yeah, probably. Knowing him, right? He's going to yeah. be like, well, you know, I wasn't having a good day, whatever, you know, I had too much, a little bit of the bubbly, you know, whatever, whatever he has. Too much um, of the bubbly. All right. Yeah, so, that, bubbly. so that comes to the end of our podcast. Um, I do want to thank everybody for donating. Again, we are live on DLive. Um, the reason why we are not uh, streaming this live on YouTube is because the last time I tried doing that with Restream, it was just a huge mess. Um, I haven't called a particular platform home yet, so do not worry about that. Uh, DLive is just a place that I know that people come and chat, and we have friends there too as well. But uh, once we start getting situated and I start looking around for other stuff and try to find a home, you guys would know. 
Um, just know that this Sunday, it's going to be an impromptu uh, live stream. Uh, I won't necessarily be talking about uh, like wrestling shows, but I do want you guys to understand what the Square Circle podcast means to me. And of course, to um, our panelists and stuff like that, um, our panelists can join if they if they want to, they don't have to. But this is me showing you guys behind the scenes of like, where you can listen to the Square Circle podcast, um, how you can uh, share stuff, you know, you don't always have to give a, don- a donation, donations are welcome, they're not forced. And, you know, uh, look at our website and stuff like that. Um, just to understand who we are. That's so that's what I'm gonna be doing for you guys on Sundays. Impromptu live stream. I'll tweet it out. Make sure you're following me at Marie underscore shadows um on Twitter. Um what else should I mention? Um like I mentioned in the opening, we are on anchor.fm uh, and then through Anchor, it distributes our podcast to Spotify, to Apple, to um, other uh, platforms that are on there. We now just got castbox.fm, which you can listen to all six episodes, including this one as well. I will update our website so that way you guys could listen to it on there. The sky's the limit. All we ask is a simple support. That's all it is. Uh, sharing is caring. Sharing is free. Um, we do this because we're we have a passion about professional wrestling. Um, it started because I got upset at the ending of Hell in a Cell and just wanted to rant about it because in the history of Hell in a Cell, a gimmick pay per view, why would there ever be a stoppage to therefore be a DQ? Why? Like, there has on. never been, never been in the history of a Hell in a Cell match before it was like a pay-per-view gimmick name where the opponent, the bell to stop the match because the other wrestler was trying to incapacitate the other wrestler. That's never happened until 2019. Yeah. So... And this is why we're here. Um, So this is why we're here. um, But myself, Epic, and Gio, and Rus, we all enjoy wrestling as a whole, no matter what. So we're not always going to focus on the negative of professional wrestling. We will talk about professional wrestling as a whole and um, give the good, the bad, the ugly, and how things could be fixed um, just because we want to see this business, this business uh, succeed and stuff like that. Um, on Sunday, I'll go into more detail about um, our plans for 2020 and beyond because I am thoroughly enjoying this and I hope you guys are definitely enjoying this. If you guys are enjoying this, just subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you have that bell notification on. Subscribe to the DLive channel. Uh, because DLive does a very cool feature where we have a chest involved. So whatever donations you give during the stream, I will take 5% of those donations, put them in the chest, and at the end, the end, do not ask me to open it up in the middle of the stream. At the end of the stream, I will open up the, the chest rewards, and you guys will have to press the button that says distribute rewards for you to get some donations back. And eventually, if you make enough um, currency on the D-Live platform, you can get paid. So you can get paid being a fan of the Square Circle podcast. How cool is that? 
I'll go into more detail about that on Sunday, even though that's the gist of it. Um, you can also follow us on anchor.fm. Like I was saying, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We are on um, castbox.fm. All this would be in the description and stuff like that. But <clears throat> any support goes a long way. Um, I'm thinking big. Um, I really want this to succeed. And with your support, it will succeed. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the crazy episode seven called AEW is like anime. Um, and I hope to see you guys in episode eight. Hope you guys enjoyed the show.